I'm Alex Sharfin, and this is the Momentum Podcast, made for empire builders, game changers, trailblazers, shot takers, record breakers, world makers, and creators of all kinds. Those among us who can't turn it off and don't know why anyone would want to. We challenge complacency, destroy apathy, and we are obsessed with creating momentum so we can roll over bureaucracy and make our greatest contribution. Sure, we pay attention to their rules, but only so that we can bend them break them, then rewrite them around our own will. We don't accept our destiny, we define it. We don't understand defeat because you only lose if you stop, and we don't know how. While the rest of the world strives for average and clings desperately to the status quo, we are the minority, the few, who are willing to hallucinate there could be a better future. And instead of just daydreaming of what could be, we endure the vulnerability and exposure it takes to make it real. We are the evolutionary hunters, clearly the most important people in the world, because entrepreneurs are the only source of consistent, positive human evolution, and we always will be. Culture meeting. This is a pretty unique podcast, because I'm going to let you and everyone else who listens to this podcast in on a vital and foundational element of how I run businesses and how I coach people to run businesses. See, I believe once you start building a team, the most important aspect of running a business is that team. It's the people, it's the leverage you have, it's what they can accomplish and what they can get done. It's how well can you build a company culture around performance and mutual respect and helping each other so that you build trust with your team and get, get the outcomes that you want in the world to become a reality. And... I put a lot of time into culture. In fact, one of the things we do in our organization is about once a month, and more often if we're hiring a lot of people, we hold a culture meeting. A culture meeting, the, the purpose is simple. We want to allow new team members to formally introduce themselves. We transparently and congruently share the company's story. We allow team members to ask any questions they have about the company, long-term goals, and where their business is going. And then we share important foundational company-wide policies like the ones that we want everyone to know. And each culture meeting we ever have is completely and totally choreographed. There's a process to it and there's a rhythm to it. And this week we had one of the most incredible culture meetings I've ever had in any company I've ever owned. And in a step that is pretty major for us as a company, we are going to invite you in and allow you to hear what it's like to be in a culture meeting with us. And so without any further delay, I'm going to listen, let you listen to our, our, our culture meeting. As you'll hear right away, we weren't really expecting to release this as content or I would not have started with a very noisy and somewhat slurpy sounding hyperhydration as I led the meeting. But you know what? That's how it happened. So that's what you're going to hear. Okay. Thanks, Jay. Mm -hmm. Hang on one sec, guys. All right. Thanks for hitting record, Justin. So the intention of this meeting is to allow new team members to formally introduce themselves to transparency, transparently and congruently, but it says concurrently, which is totally not the right word, but congruently share the company's story and client-centric mission to allow team members, thanks Jay, to openly ask questions about the company, long-term goals, and where the business is going and to ensure important foundational company-wide policies like no gossip and anti-discrimination. Um, 
Culture meetings should be scheduled every 30 to 60 days, depending on how many people you are hiring. The more people hired, the more frequently you should, the more frequent, it says the more frequent or frequently. Oh shit, I got to stop correcting. You should hold culture meetings. Um, and so just so everybody understands, especially those of you, like Isla, you're new to this. And um, Matt, I don't know that you were in leadership when we used to do these. But or you weren't, you weren't. So it, like you never really got the other the other discussion on these. And so now I just tell everybody this. So um, when we go forward, we're, I do these once a month or at sometimes we'll go every six weeks. And sometimes we do it like every two weeks if we're really hiring. And if you're in leadership and somebody has been hired that you're going to be responsible for, I would suggest that you try and be at their culture meeting if you can. Like sometimes you won't be able to, but if you can, you should be there. And um, most of it, since they're not that frequent, if you're in leadership, it's just good for you to be there and meet new people in this environment. Because like, especially working remotely, we don't have a chance to really meet people. And the culture meeting is going to be a place where we can do that. And so this is the time we set aside exclusively for the team. So um Let's jump in. So I read the intention. Um, so I'll start and I'll just, I, I'm going to give you guys the the very abbreviated story of where our company comes from, because <clears throat> I think it might be confusing to work here because depending on what you read or listen to, there's like eight company stories. <laughs> and so there's all kinds of like different stuff that gets shared out there. But I just want you to hear it from, from my um, perspective, you know, um, this business was born when, or like created out of when Katie and I went bankrupt in 2007. It was crazy. Like we lost everything and our shot in the dark was what Russell says, like one funnel, one product, one client, like no joke. And uh, when I think about it, it's so crazy because we had never even thought of doing an information product or anything. And we, we created the certified distressed property expert that at the time when I started it, I did an online survey and there was 75 competitors for the product. So it was not like we were going blue ocean. And, but we, everyone, like I bought so many of them and I knew they were so full of crap that I couldn't not do something. So we, so we wrote the CDP and I started teaching it in person. Um, and it was like this crusade. I was so like, I, I was so upset with what I had figured out with um, what was going on with foreclosures and how nobody was talking about it. I started researching foreclosures. And at the time where we released the CDPE, which was the, the, a designation for realtors that were helping homeowners in foreclosure, the National Association of Realtors and all the major lenders were saying we were in a six month slump in the United States. And you know, I went all Asperger's on those statements and went and did crazy research on all the numbers on home sales and, and pending and, you know, closed and like all the averages and everything else. And I was the first, like one of the first people in the country to come out and very loudly say that we were in a seven to 10 year crisis because all of the experts were saying six months to a year. And I was like seven to 10 years and there's no argument around it. And then I built like the inconvenient truth presentation called the CDPE, where we had all the data, all the information, all the perspective and a plan out of it. And so that single product that we started selling for $249 and then ended up selling for $599 um, with discounts did 
we sold uh, 49,700, I think, or something really close, right, Justin? And, and then of the 49,700, that's a really cool number. But guys, here's what's the craziest number in the history of information products. 45,000 or no, 46,500 finished. So you sold 49 and, and it wasn't that the final number, Justin? I think Matt might know better than me. I don't entirely remember. And I was there for a shorter period than him, but it sounds very familiar. We're going to have to look it up because we'll, we'll just look up how many designated members we have because our, 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 our um, completion rate was over 90%. Now, a lot of those were in-person classes, but still over 50% of our business, about 50% of our business was online. And of the people that bought that product, so we did exactly what Russell says. We went one product, one market, one funnel. And that's like, that's what we did to finally get out of our slump. It was one product, one market, one funnel until we hit a million. Only in our case, it was one product, one market, and we just never had time to build a funnel, but we still hit a million. So whatever. But uh, we did it kind of the same way, um, as Russell would say. But, uh, you know, the CDP, when, when we work with clients who are doing information products, I have insane empathy for all of the stuff they're going through. And when we're working with coaches and, um, and experts and stuff, you know, the CDP was the hardest thing I ever did in my life. When I look at some of the people we have that are in their twenties, that are, that have way bigger followings than, than I ever did. And who've gotten way more attention than I ever did. It's crazy. Because what our clients do is really incredibly difficult. And what, I, what doing, like running a company like ours is really, um, you know, not as easy as it looks. And so I know just how crucial having the right team is. And so the CDP was a crazy accomplishment, but it was really like, it was our team. It was not me. That we did so many things as a company <clears throat> that I just thought of. And, and then, you know, the team executed, but like in all honesty, it got to a point where there was more innovation coming out of the team than I ever could hope to do on my own. And so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm super conscious and aware of, how crucial it is to have the right people on a team. And that's why I run a company like I do, because as the, the years have gone forward from running businesses, what I've realized, you know, I've gone from, from believing that employees had to be driven to do well to having certainty that when you hire true believers, you just have to coach them not to hurt themselves. And, you know, I've gone from feeling like everyone on the team should be in a silo to having certainty that if everyone doesn't know with a high level of understanding what everyone else is doing, you're just going to suck. And, and I've gone from, from this, this belief that the team can hear from me when I have time. Like, seriously, I grew a $250 million company with that attitude. So horrible. Like, there was so much pain involved. It, it like, makes me feel guilty now when I say how big it was because that just means I caused more pain. To now, I have this incredibly high level of certainty that the team needs to be able to count on me in the way that I indicate. Like, I have to fulfill the expectations I set. And what I've learned as a CEO is I, I very clearly set expectations and then I strive to meet them. And when I don't, I expect my team to say, hey, you set an expectation and missed. 
And so I want all of you to know that's sincerely how I run a team. And I think it takes a, a bit to get used to sometimes at first, but it's not an act and it's not what we say and it's not something I'm saying. And then we do something different. Like this is exactly who we are. So, you know, there's a high level of transparency with how we do things. We discuss everything with our team. Um, you know, I, like I share with our clients, the only thing that we don't openly discuss is salaries because what people make is a very personal thing. And when that discussion is ever unleashed in a company, it just causes tremendous chaos. And I've been in companies where we had to have that discussion because like somebody left the salaries on a desk or something and we recovered from the chaos, but it was weird and friendships got weird and people's relationships got weird. And so that's the one place we shy away from, but everywhere else we, we communicate just exactly what's going on. And so if you ever feel like there's ambiguity around something, it's your job to call that out and say, Hey, I don't really understand, or this is unclear, or it hasn't been communicated because if there's ambiguity, I don't want you to think that that's ever intentional. That's always a place where we missed. So, um, there's just a couple or that, so yep, that's it. So I'm going to, um, that's, that's what's, uh, that's what's important to me. I think, oh, and then there's just a couple of things that I want you guys to know. So what's really important to us as a company is that you guys are successful as well. And so one of the, the um, things we're going to do is send you a copy of Total Money Makeover, which is a book on personal finance. And um, it's, it's a requirement to work here to read that book. So, and if you can't, if you don't read, I, we've, I've had people who worked with us and got really upset with me because they didn't read, but they listen to books. You can totally listen to it, but you really should read that book. It'll change everything for you if you do. And Katie and I are completely debt-free and we would love to see all of you do that. So each year we give it out, give out company awards and each year we give debt-free awards to those who have achieved either being debt-free forever, like they already are, or anyone who got it new. So when you get your first one, it's your first year, and then you start anniversary and being debt-free. And I think the highest we ever gave someone was somebody who became debt-free while they worked with us. And I think they earned their fifth debt-free award working with us. And so um, all of you should be aiming for that. For me, it's an expectation that you all have a debt reduction plan and you know what date you will be out of debt. Because um, you will be capable of one thing when you're in debt, and then you will be shocked at how much you're capable of when the debt is gone, even though you, even though you didn't think it was bothering you. And anyone who, who questions that has not gotten out of debt. Because once you have, you just, it's like everything in the world changes. So uh, that's it for me. And then I'm going to share a little bit in a little bit or in, uh, in later on in the outline. So is there any questions from anyone? Are you planning to go over, I think on culture meetings, you usually go over like discriminate. Oh, why can't I say that word and gossip? Yeah, it's it, so I normally, um, yeah, there's like four. Here's, here's the rest of the outline, Justin, just so, cause I should have shared it earlier here. I'll let you check it out. We probably should have handed out an agenda for this, but it's, so I just go through how it was founded and then there's team introductions so each person shares a little bit about themselves and why they're here. Um, founders share and explain the client-centric mission and then share and explain company tenants, share no gossip and anti-discrimination policies and allow team to ask questions. Gotcha. Thanks, Alex. 
Cool. So since this is a first culture meeting for just about everybody, here's my suggestion. Everybody does an abbreviated introduction and why you're here so that we can have everyone do this. Because I think for everybody but Justin, this is like, or maybe the Justins, this is the, the you guys have both been to one, but for everybody else, this is the first one. So let's just do everyone. So um, Leanne, if, if it's cool, can we start with, or actually, you know what? I'm going to start with somebody who's been here for a while. Justin, you've done this before. So I'll let you start. Cool. Um, just intro who I am, that type of thing. So it's um, who you are and why you're here. Sweet. All right, everybody. My name is Justin Light. Uh, I worked with Alex back in, I think, 2010 for a year, um, left for a while, came back. Um, it's going to be three years ago. I don't even know if you knew this, Alex, but three years next month. Nice. Uh, so almost about four years. Uh, I've done a lot of different things within the company. The majority of it has been within customer service. So I've done like sales and some other stuff too. Um, and now I'm um, director of coaching. So um, why I'm excited to be here, I've known Alex for a long time. I've known some of, some of you for a bit. Um, part of, partly is, is because of who the, who the people that we serve and like I'm up close and personal with them every day and like I care about them genuinely. And then partly has to, I, I have to say it has to do with like Alex and Katie. I mean, crazy good people. Um, some of the best people I've known in my life, super supportive, great leaders and for me, one of the biggest things um, is like personal growth. And I'm evolving over time. And anybody who's ever been with the company and isn't any longer with the company, because we were at like, you know, 95 plus people, um, everybody's a better person for having been associated with this company. And uh, yeah, that's that's my brief story. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Justin. And for, so that everyone understands, like there's each person in the company, there's a plate, like something you should go to him for. And Justin is doing, you know, he's running our coaching programs. And, but also if any of you ever have trouble understanding part of the cadence or part of the planning process, Justin understands it better than anybody else besides me. And he's just, he's been using it for longer and he's been coaching it now. And so if you ever have a question that you can't get a hold of me, Justin is about as good. Thanks, Alex. Yeah, you got it, Jay. So uh, Matt, can you go next? Sure. Uh, I'm Matt. Um, it's one of my first real jobs was back in 2010 when Alex hired me for member services at CDPE. Um, I was really taken by the way he carried himself as a leader, the way he runs his company and, and the team. And so I knew back then that I wanted to make an impact any way I could and get into meetings with him. That was like my main goal. I want to get in meetings with Alex. So at the time, all day, every day was like angry phone calls and emails from members. And it took 92 days uh, for me to put a plan together that ultimately got his attention. And I was able to kind of leverage that and transition from member services into uh, kind of an interesting role where I was doing a lot of things with content, marketing, and products. Um, I think Alex just didn't know what the heck to do with me. But uh, looking back on it, that was actually really valuable because I've always been able to do a lot of different things quite well. And I really enjoy wearing a lot of different hats and the ability to uh, step into a multitude of roles depending on you know what we actually need at the time. I somehow ended up as Alex's sidekick on the webinars. <laughs> we had a lot of fun. Sometimes it was scary being in front of 100,000 people, knowing that they were all watching you. But uh, so, yeah, just really uh, a lot of different things. So uh, after that, from 2013 to 2018, I did consulting uh, for marketing and technology, worked for a lot of companies in the news, the Red X, Real Estate Negotiation Institute, 
um, Vern Harnish even, micro formulas. So uh, a lot of companies are out there making money, but there's there's something missing from just about all of them. And that's that's what ultimately brought me back here. You guys know I was on the Organifi team for about four and a half years and uh, built out all the backend structure and, and a lot of marketing for Organifi Green Juice. When I started, they were making 40K a month. When I left, it was 4 million a month. So I am no stranger to fast paced high growth. You know, I love thriving in that type of atmosphere. Um, I think a lot of people just kind of get crushed like cans. And the people who, you know, can thrive are the ones that stick around. And, and every, what I love about this team is that everybody seems very well equipped and ready to, to be in that sort of a situation. Um, and yeah, super excited to be here. The team, the people, the product, the service, like Jay Light said, Alex and Katie, are, to me, are some of the best people that I've ever have, had the privilege to meet. And um, I'm just thrilled to, 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 to be able to, to work with them again. Hmm. Thanks, man. It's great to have you back, man. I want you guys all to know I used a very scientific way of the order here. It's how you showed up on my Zoom screen. <laughs> so, that, so that's the order you're going to go. So I, I'm like, if somebody does that thing where you turn off your camera and come back, it shuffles it and I'm screwed. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Okay. Hi guys. So Isla, um, I met Alex at the end, well, September last year, and I didn't actually know who he was when I met him. I, um, I spent the whole of last year, like going to this crazy mode of, um, wanting to up level myself and to learn everything I could, um, in just marketing Russell's stuff, like Mike Dillard, like, I don't know. I went into this crazy mode. Oh, there goes my earring. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I went into this um, big mode of like self growth and self development. um, And that all stemmed from my divorce with my ex-husband. So I wanted to really grow myself personally and also professionally. Um, My background has always been in um, like learning and development and marketing. Um, previously, um, I've worked for Virgin Australia and, um, one of Australia's big banks and, um, growing teams there and, um, yeah, done some amazing things. So I'm very appreciative of that, but I always in the corporate environment, I was always that person who had these crazy ideas and I guess (laughs) people would be like, you know, no, we can't do that. We can't do this. You know, you'd always get shut down. And, um, and that's where I started businesses of my own. So I'd always have something on the side. Um, when I had my children, I started a hair accessories business online through and grew it through Instagram, um, to, to five figures a month. And that was awesome. Like being a stay-at-home mom on maternity leave, I had no sleep um, and that's what I did at night because I was like, if I'm going to not sleep, I might as well um, grow a business. And I had two little girls, so I was like, I'm going to do baby stuff. So I did that for a bit um, and then came back from maternity leave and just did contracting, kind of similar to what you were saying, Matt. Um, I consulted to just different corporate um, businesses um, around And while I was on my quest of learning all this new stuff and um, personal development and growth and all of this, I decided I was going to go to Russell's um, coaching. And so went over in September last year and um, 
yeah, that was a pretty big thing to do, leaving my two little girls at home. But I was like, I'm going to do it because this is, you know, something for me and my growth and it'll benefit my family. And yeah, at the coaching program, I met Alex. And when I saw him, I was like, I need to talk to this person. I know I need to talk to this person, but I had no idea who he was because this group of people that were there, like there was all different people from all different backgrounds. So you didn't really know who everybody was and what everybody did. Um, But I knew I wanted to talk to him. So anyway, I was like, we're going to catch up at lunch. (laughs) And we caught (coughs) up at lunch and Alex pretty much like, mapped out my whole plan in like two minutes of what was in my head and I was just like holy shit who is this guy like I need to (laughs) I need to do something with him I was just mind blown like my brother came with me and I went back to the hotel and I was like holy crap I've just met this guy blah blah and all he heard about was Alex 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 is probably like who is this guy um And so anyway, I didn't know what capacity I was going to have anything to do with Alex, but I knew I wanted to do his program. So I did his Momentum Masterclass and that was awesome, like amazing. Um, And I was thinking in my mind, I'd love to work with him. And then when the content writing role came up, I was like, I don't care what I do for you. I'm going to apply for it. I'll do anything. (laughs) Um, And yeah, and then started off in the first week and then, I guess from that first week, we realized what, um, how I could contribute best to the company and, um, and yeah. And And that's Lily and that's Charlotte. And this is Lily and Charlotte and they're about to go to kindy. Their nana's about to pick them up. And, um, yeah, I'm the same as everybody else. Like I, I just love Alex and Katie and I'm so appreciative to be a part of this team um, and to be able to also like be a mom as well. And I know my girls are here a lot in the mornings before they go to kindy, but I'm so lucky that I can jump on a meeting um, and not have to rush them off to daycare at 6am in the morning. So that's massive for me and that I could work at night and weekends and around them as well. Um, And also like I love our clients too and like meeting a lot of our clients in September when I came over as well like I I've never met a month a bunch of people like this like in Australia there are pockets but it's not as big so I've never kind of been in a group of amazing influencers like at Brussels event there was like 300 influencers at that thing at Boise and um yeah I I love I love our clients and I'm so excited to be a part of it and to be able to yeah be a part of your mission Alex because I truly wholeheartedly believe in it as well um so yeah that's me (laughs) yeah thanks Isla that was awesome I absolutely love Isla Brooke. And as you could hear there at the end of the recording, she was actually on this culture meeting with us in the very early morning hours in Australia. So her daughters, Charlotte and Lily, had actually come in to be with her while we were on our call. And in our organization, most of our team works remotely and a lot of them have kids. And so if a kid walks in on a meeting or if they interrupt something or if something like that happens, we've all agreed that we're okay with it, that we're all parents and we all have children. And so my team knows that for me, regardless of what type of meeting I'm in, my door is always unlocked. My daughters can walk in. I might tell them that I'm occupied, but they might interrupt me for 30 seconds to a minute, sometimes as long as two. And because the most important value I have is being a husband and a father, I'm absolutely okay with that. And I 
have the same policy for my team. So that was the first half of our culture meeting. And tomorrow, I want to share the second half with you. You'll hear a couple more team introductions. The next one coming from um, one of our writers, Paul, is absolutely hilarious. And then you'll hear how we wrap up the culture meeting, the exact choreography, what we really, what we share with our team members as the most foundational and most important aspects of working with us. And I want you to hear how we share with everyone exactly the same way. So no one in our organization can ever say they weren't told about a key company policy. You'll hear that on tomorrow's episode called Culture Meeting 2. And if you're ready to start building a company culture, if you're ready to start building a team, if you're ready to actually go and achieve what you know you're capable of, go to billionairecode.com answer a few questions from me and my team, and you'll have an option to set up a call with one of my team members. Let us show you how to create an incredible performance culture, how to increase your profitability and company stability, and go out and achieve the accomplishments and the impact you've always known you should have. BillionaireCode.com.